Oh, man. I just want to say a huge shout out right now to uh, Jaden Skinner. He is our newest member to Jaden Worldwide Thunder Family, baby. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, also, a huge shout out to our boy, Jay. Uh, we appreciate you for having a nasty, nasty mouth on you. Uh, we like you a lot, and we hope you keep listening and telling us all the things that we're doing wrong because Corliss Williamson was the name I was searching for. Obviously, you knew exactly who I was talking about it. Um, so next time, help out, right? Throw, throw a guy a bone. I don't know. Appreciate it, Jay. I love it, oh, man. Oh, and Wayne. You're my boy. I appreciate you for standing up for me. Um, yeah, dude. Good You're times, for real, man. bro. <laughs> what did you What did you start, bro? What the hell did you start? Well, you know, we we're talking about Arkansas, man, and I, I got stuck on who the coach was for Arkansas. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm like, I couldn't remember. It was Richardson, right, Coach Richardson? I'm like, couldn't put a uh, finger on uh, his name, so I got stuck on that, and I called his best player on that team, that Arkansas team, uh, Derek Coleman. Yeah. And again, I know better, you know, like anyway. I know I, and I felt I felt stupid afterwards because you even said Derek Coleman played for Syracuse, I think. And I'm like sitting there going, yeah, he's right. But who was the guy? And I couldn't put a name on it. And Jay told me, he's like, man, just look it up online, you know. But here's the thing, Mark, and I want to make sure that everybody understands this. Like when I get on a roll, guys, I'm not going to stop what I'm saying to go look up online just to make my point. If I get the names wrong because I can't remember people's names, that's that's that. You know, like I'm not going to go back and try to be like, let me be politically correct, everybody, because that's not fucking me. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way up front. <laughs> Anybody else need touch tips? Or are we good, man? What's up, Shane? How you doing, Shane? Shane. Good to see you, man. Um, no, dude. I look. People know what you were talking about. I didn't know actually. It was Corliss Williamson. So I'm glad Jay straightened that out for me too. Um, but I love it, man. Um, I um, I'm good with it, man. I think it's nice to see the return of Arkansas hoops. They dude, were so great, man. There were some great basketball played there for a while. Um, but <coughs> it's the fundamental basketball that Arkansas can provide. You know, like you think about all this other stuff that's going on in the world of basketball, and when you're in Arkansas. That's what you get to focus on, man. It's like playing in Oklahoma City, you know, in the NBA. You get this opportunity just to focus on hoops. And in a time period where shit's constantly going on, it's insane, man. And I want to throw this out here. Our thoughts to, are with the, uh, the, um, the, the James family right now. Uh, LeBron James' son, Bronny James, uh, collapsed with a cardiac arrest um, on the court during a practice at USC. Um, he has been released out of the ICU um, but obviously that's something that's scary. And I, and I told you this, Mark, I said, LeBron James is only going to end his career on an injury, um, uh, when he's injured and he's got to be pulled off the court. But this is something as a parent that it's, it's your worst nightmare, you know, like this makes you reexamine everything. And, and I'm not saying that this is LeBron James's last year or anything else like that, but like if, if Bronny is unable to play basketball again, there's going to be a moment for LeBron to try to figure out what the fuck is going on. You know, and I, I I feel for the family right now. Like, anytime something like this seriously happens, like you just got to you know take a step back and, and appreciate those people that can play hoops. And I told Mark this reminds me a lot of um, um, the Manning family. Um, Peyton and Eli's oldest brother had a heart condition and he wasn't able to play, uh, finish his college career. Um, I I think he had a lot of talent, could have been a very very good football player for a long time in the league, but um. 
obviously never got a chance to because of, of his heart condition. So, you know, we've seen players that have this before and our, our thoughts, our thoughts go out with the, um, um, James family. I wonder if you got something wrong with that. And somebody's going to be like, it wasn't the oldest brother. It was the middle brother. No, it was the oldest brother. Cause okay, he went cool. to, he went to Mississippi. Like, okay. Like it was the whole idea. Like when after, um, so the oldest brother went to Mississippi state or whatever it was, Mississippi. I, I'm sorry if you're, you know, you're a politically correct person on this one Somebody right here. Okay. And then Peyton Manning, I believed made a um, commitment to go there. And then after his brother got um, injured and he couldn't play anymore, he switched over to Tennessee. Okay. Um, and then Eli still went to Mississippi. He went to state. Ole Miss. Ole Miss, whatever it is. See, see, that's what I'm saying, man. Ole Miss, Mississippi, Mississippi state. Come on. <laughs> now we got, um, <laughs> You got, got what? Fuck is, you, Jay. Fuck you, man. You got me guessing everything now. You're like, where's well, the search engine? Here's the thing. If it comes down to you getting on a roll and just like rolling with it or having people in your head saying, you know, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, then just get on a roll. And I'll get on a roll. That. And then we'll just, we'll let everybody deal with it all in the chat, dude. Stir, stir shit up. Talk all about right. Derek Coleman being from Arkansas. I don't care. Our favorite, um, Morning show in Oklahoma City was the um, ESPN Jack, morning show, right? Jack and Ron, dude. Jack and uh, Ron. I mean, well, Jack and Ron. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, sports show. Okay, Jack and Ron, they did it too. But they had this, end, like the last like two minutes of their show is like they had one of their producers or whatever would go up there and, and read all the mistakes they made. You know? oh, oh, you mean that was, what was it? That was um, PTI. Pardon, um, pardon well, the they did it too, but I'm saying yeah, like yeah. originally when we were listening to like the sports animal back in the day okay. in Oklahoma the City, producer call him out the, on one shit. of the producers would, would make a joke about it and like, like, haha, you guys got this name. You were meant to say this player instead of this player. Anyways, like that's what we need because we make a lot of these mistakes. We need to see someone to follow us and like make our mistakes so we don't seem like idiots on here all the time. We need a fact checkers. <laughs> we need to have fact checkers. No doubt, dude. I mean, that's one of the things that's made it really fun to have the chat going on YouTube. And, you know, one thing we like to do now is um, call in. Anybody who wants to give us a call in, jump on in. Um, we um still working out some of the details. Last time we had Unk jump on, and then um, we forgot to have him completely upload the video. Um, we'll have to teach everybody how to do that just a little bit, you know. So, anyway, that's just some of the technical stuff that we're, we're working out but um we're definitely glad to be with everybody this summer we know we've got a while till FIBA and we're trying to figure out how we can share this information like be a part of everybody jumping on um and I just feel like this is what it's all about is us you know finding a way to communicate and share everything with everybody this has a, been a really fun experience as the thunder has gone from you know really from a media perspective, the bottom of the league, they never were the bo- the worst team or anything in the league, but um, we got no media attention to now. A lot of people are jumping on. And so we're excited right. about riding that wave with everybody and just seeing exactly how far this goes, because if we can find a way to make these live shows, something that happened throughout the year and just are part of it, like Dave shared the link. Um, and in the end, that link, I want to be able to do this for that, games. It'll work for the other game for the future times too. So you see us on, jump on, and we'll get you into the the show. I don't. I want to be able to have this for like games, like where you know Mark and I are smokers. You know, I don't think that's something that we've ever 
um, hid from our show. <clears throat> if you guys look behind me, you know, I've got my um, representatives behind me. Um, anyways, um, I, I want to be able to have this so that people can call in, hang out with us, smoke a bowl, you know, have a beer, watch the game for a little while. Like this is something that is, is going to be a lot of fun because to me, like it's all about having that opportunity to hang out with you guys. Um, you know, from being somebody that is an Oklahoma city thunder fan and is completely separated from Oklahoma city. Like there's no bars, there's no areas to go hang out that we can go watch the game. So this is what that's become for Mark and I, um, last year around the all-star break, we did our first one and we're like, Holy shit, this is amazing. So that's why for us doing these live shows is, is something that's important. And I think we need to continue to do so, um, yeah, as time's going on, it'll be fun. When we, um, yeah, when we got into this, we thought it'd be really fun to like, you know, have a bunch of people we were talking with about the thunder, but then podcasting can just by its nature be a really lonely pursuit. You're like Oof. just talking, not getting a lot of like interactions and stuff. So when we switched to YouTube, um, obviously the podcast is still live. Everybody's in, I hope you're enjoying that, but we're at this point, our goal is to include as many voices before we've had guests on before, but um, it was get always Chencho back on here, man. We need to get Chencho back on. We need to get George back on. We need to get a bunch of people back on. But in the end, like the logistics of it lended to being kind of difficult. So we're like, hey, we're going to go. We're going to go for this, too. We're going to see whoever, whoever's in the chat. If you guys want to join us um, and Shane is about to jump on, it seems like. So I'm pumped, man. I'm pumped man, to have everybody. Let's, let's talk a little bit of Thunder, man. Like something that we talked about yesterday. That's good. Got morning. me thinking. Um, I even wrote you a text about it. Let me read the text that I wrote you because I felt like it really kind of hit the mark of what we're trying to do. Um, um, five players who you feel are worth three or more picks. All right. And I, I don't even want to get down to five because I feel like five is such a massive, massive number. Um, so let's go with just two players in your opinion that you would be willing to give three to four picks for that either is possibly on the market or could possibly be on the market to a team that could be in a rebuild situation. I'll start with one. You ready? Embiid. Okay. If he was available for four or five first round draft picks, I would say yes. I would see. I would say a guy like Mikael Bridges. I know that that seems like mm, an extraordinarily yeah, you've been a Bridges fan for a long time. I know that's a lot to pay, but I'm just like, we need players that you don't need plays drawn up for them for them to be effective. And I'm not saying Embiid needs it, although there was some question about whether or not Doc was calling up plays for him to catch the ball where he had the advantage, but. Um, Mikhail just understands how to play where he's the third option and you need okay. people who are capable of that. That's one of the things I've always appreciated about him. So Dave, I'll let you go. Number two, cause I'm having trouble thinking of my second one. All right. So, um, obviously I got Embiid out there. I, I'll throw another big man just because I want to go with stay with big men. Um, but another player I'd be willing to, um, cough up. Um, three plus play or uh, three plus picks, man. Like, I here's the, here's the problem with this is that not everybody is going to agree with what I'm going to say next. 
But there's two big men that I look at that, that would cost us three um, picks. All right. DeAndre Ayton and Bam. All right. Those are the two guys that I would look at as a possible like add-on as a logistics move for a team that's saying we need to move off of this one and it would cost us less because we're actually being chipping chipping in and helping out, you know? So I would say those two big guys I wouldn't mind necessarily on our team because I feel like they would have a great place next to a Chet and next to a, you know, Jay Will and the other guys that we have. But, I, you know, to me, Embiid, if you look at the pre- cream of the crop that could be available, you know, like there's there's certain players that you, you, you can never draft a player like Embiid. And that type of player is worth five first round draft picks for. Yeah, I and, mean, and, and, it, the nice and, and, thing and, is it's not like an overwhelmingly, it's not like an overlapping skill set. Like we're not like he's going to take direct playing time like from you a You don't need to point. isolate Embiid for him to score. Right. You know, you, you put him next to Chet and that would be one of the nastiest lineups ever as big men. I don't think there would be another lineup that people would be like, oh, yeah, well, those guys fucked a lot of people up like Chet and Embiid did. Like we're, we're talking about legendary and Embiid is like, what, 25? Um, so, you know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you, Jay. <laughs> we'll call this the Jay effect when we're like, uh, how old is Embiid? And we're like, nah, we don't know. So now I'm just going to go ahead and go to standings because Jay we'll makes me it. aware of my nipples. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Embiid's 29, dude. See, yeah, he's dude. growing up way too fast, bro. See, at least you use the Google. The Googles. <laughs> Man, I again, I. All right, what about you? So I, I named big guys. Are you going to stick right. with guards? Go with guards. So, I would say, this is probably going to not make everybody happy, but I don't know exactly know why. But I'd say probably Tyler Hero. So you want a shooter? You want a pure, pure, pure shooter? Do you I think mean, Tyler Hero is more valuable than Isaiah Joe? Oh yeah, for sure. You think so? Yeah. How, like okay. And, and just the aspect of it, like, I think Isaiah Joe could be a sixth man of the year candidate this year. Do you think Tyler Hero has what it takes to be that? I mean, I think Tyler Hero could average 25 a game. I don't know that he could do it off the bench necessarily. Yeah. But that's kind of why I'm like, I'm, I don't know if he's in the right situation for him. You'd have to really buy into his upside. I think if you unleashed him, if like say Dort spot was open for competition and Tyler beat him out for it. I think his defense improved. I think his mid range game improved. So if you've had that, like that position available for someone like him to take, he could add a new dynamic to our offense. It would be really hard for us to reproduce any other way. Um, I think maybe I overly respect his shooting. Nine five, I love that, bro. I think that's that's kind of where I'm at, dude. What you saying? No, he was saying we need dogs, not pups. Uh Um, no, um, I see. I I look at the landscape of our team, right, man. I look at what we have. I look at the players. I look at the uh, big men. I look at the guards. I look at the hybrid players, as we call them. I look at our defensive sets. I look at our offensive sets, right. Um, and out of all the players that I keep going back to is it's, you know, Mikel Bridges is one of those guys that, you know, obviously we, we speak his praises all the time. 
really having a a guard slash forward that can score, right? That can play that forward position, that can play that guard position that um, it doesn't matter defense, offense. Like that's ultimately what we need, you know, like an all around good player, because any of these specialty players that, that are out there that could be available, I have a hard time with. I really do. Specialty players really irk me because this is not a specialty team. Like we don't, we're not like the Cleveland Cavaliers old school where they have like, you know, this big man for this team and this guard for this team. And then that guard doesn't play for, you know, 60 games because he's only there for 22 games, you know, like this team is way deeper than that. And that's why I consistently say like, if we're going to add somebody adding a big man, right. Is what we've done in the past because we've added like a Mike Muscala or uh, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, Al Harford, like, those are the type of guys that get me excited. Like it's the small increment changes that they come into the organization and they help their players with. You know, if you think about Steven Adams, right? Steven Adams wouldn't be half the man he was unless Kendrick Perkins was there helping him out. I mean, it, he probably would have been the strongest man in the NBA, but it would have taken him a lot longer to get there. And, and that's my point is that you make incremental changes and bring in a big man or bring in this player, or bring in that player. Right. And then all of a sudden you look at Poku and you're like, how the fuck did Poku get so good? Or how the hell did Chet get so good at defense like this? It's because that incremental change that you brought in to bring a big man or bring a big body or bring a guard. That's like, Oh, look at this guard's going to be Tyler hero. He's going to help these guys how to shoot. You know, we have all these guys that are Kentucky players and we just want as many Kentucky players as we possibly can have on this team. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a big deal. Like, it's not a weird thing for an organization to go out and say, we're only going to pick up big 12 players or big <laughs> or pack 12 players, you know? So I see what the Thunder are doing, man. And, and I have to say is like, no matter what I think is best or what I think the need is, every single time I've said that, the young players come back and play harder, play better. And then it's like, okay, well, that's not necessarily the need that we needed. So then it's back to the drawing board. So when you say people like Mikel Bridges, in my opinion, that's somebody that that's that's universal. That's like the Swiss Army knife. You always need a player like that. You know, we don't know for sure if we're going to need big bodies and, and nasty players out there for sure yet. But we do know that we'll always need players like Mikel Bridges and, you know, those type of athletes. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyler Hero, let's talk a little bit more about him because – I feel like nine five is shitting on him a bit, which is which is fine. Okay, maybe he hasn't been, I don't know, living up to everybody's expectations. But there was a moment where everybody thought he could be the next Devin Booker, and I think that maybe that was a little bit extreme anyway, because you know what Booker did was stuff that we hadn't seen other people do, you know, from a scoring perspective in a very long time. So, but what we saw from Booker in this last playoffs with KD. Um, they started playing like a different speed. Hmm. They played like it didn't necessarily win them. You know, they didn't make it to the finals or anything, but when they were like, Hey, we need a win. They started picking up the pace. Booker played at a super duper fast pace and he was incredibly effective at it. And he was knocking down shots, going full speed and stopping on a dime. Sure. Um, And I think in that way, um, Tyler hero still has like a chance to end up reaching something that's comparable in his peak because 
I know he can play extremely fast. I know he can shoot incredibly effective playing extremely fast. And we just don't have anybody who can play that fast and shoot that well at the same time. Let, let, let's just put it out there. If Tyler here is going to maximize his ability in Oklahoma City, it's only going to be because he's surrounded by other guards. I mean, who think about him? it. Yeah. And and that's, in my opinion, where Tyler Hero really proves who he is, is because if you look at the type of guard sets that we can throw out there with him, would really highlight his abilities. Um, if you think about Shea, Josh Kitty, and J-Dub, you know, think about Dort, um, Josh Kitty, and Shea. I mean, you can throw any combination of three guards out there because you have Chet. You know, like he's like the fourth guard out there. Now you have all these guards that know how to pass the ball and find the open man and knows where the players are going to be at at all times. So, yes, I, I would say that Tyler Hero isn't very high on my list. But, man, if you give me him for a couple of draft picks and you give me a couple of years to develop his skill inside of what Oklahoma City needs, then, yeah, and, and it's not going to cost us any more money than, than transferring um, Bertans and a couple other, you know, contracts like that. But, fuck, yeah, let's do it. But if I could, if we could somehow get Booker, how high would he be on his, um, on your list? What's that? If you could somehow get Booker, how high would he be on your list? Um, see, I, I don't think Devin Booker's done developing his game. And I've, right. I've said that for a long time with him. I know he's getting up there in age still. Um, but I, I, I think he has a couple more years until he hits his true peak. Um, so for me, I would be like, hell yeah, I'd love to get Devin Booker on our team. Right. Um, just like I would have loved to have, you know, Clay Thompson on our team when the Oklahoma City Thunder were winning. And right. I, I really wish that we had traded James Harden for Clay Thompson, somehow worked that out because that would have been the bomb. Um, but the reality is, is that there's just certain times that you look at players and you're like, okay, does Tyler Hero have enough? of a defensive-minded aspect to his game. And that's the one thing that I go back to it with him. Can he be taught how to play our defense properly without being a liability? And those are the things that you have to be able to figure out before you pay a, a player $140 million. I don't know, but like, what if he had been healthy and then the, the um, Heat had gone on to win the finals somehow because sure. of his shooting? Like, okay. He seemed like he could have been an X-factor in sure. the finals. I, you know, I agree. I so agree. I, then all I, of a sudden it's a different narrative, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's how inevitably how it's going to be with these type of players. Like, uh, that's why I would say I'd be willing to give a couple draft picks for him. And the reason is is because if we gave a couple draft picks for Tyler Hero, let's just take a step back and realize if we go out and we do something special with him, right? And he becomes like the second leading scorer on our team, his defense improves, and all of a sudden his contract is now incredibly valuable. Right. To me, I, I, I will say this a hundred times. I'm always for a bargain deal to improve a player's abilities, to show him what he can do and then trading him before he costs us a max contract. You know, like that's that to me is, is brilliant. So if you're saying that we have to take Tyler here for two years, we continue to develop him and then we trade him away for four draft picks that are in 2033 and so on and so forth, you know. Like, I, I, I can't be upset with that. I, I don't think I could be upset with that. I think I would sit there and be like, you know what? This is a good deal. You know, like, we paid two draft picks, picks for him. We paid him $60 million or, you know, 40 or 40, whatever it would be, million dollars. And then we traded him. Cool. You know, like, why why was that a big deal? Because we would have paid Bertans, like, what, almost $40 million 
So in the aspect of it, in the, in the, the grand scheme of things, like, like we're talking about spending $40 million and two draft picks for a player like Hero. <laughs> like, yeah, man, let's see what we can do with him. Let's see if we can turn him around. Let's see if we can give him life. But, I mean, there's so many players like that in the NBA that we could literally be like, they're borderline, you know, starters, borderline all-stars, that we could give two draft picks for them right now. And they'd be incredible on our team, you know? And they're in that $140, $160 million range. But... Most people seem to think the right move right now is to wait until we find out what we need for sure. Um, I, I think we kind of saw a lot what we need. I know that there's going to be a difference with Chet on the court, but like generally speaking, hmm. like I can't imagine a guy like Mikhail Bridges interfering with Chet's development. You know what I mean? No. Well, that's the thing, though, is that any of those type of players that can play those hybrid positions won't mess with Chet's time. The only person that's going to mess with Chet's time is if we bring a big, big body in. And most of that time will be just because we're trying to limit Chet. You know, like, listen, I want this to be known. Like, I don't think that rookies, that, um, that their bodies aren't ready for the league, should play more than 50 minutes, or 50 minutes, play more than 50 games, period. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I look at Josh Giddy, who I thought was ready for the league. His phys- physicality was ready for the league. I don't, he didn't get above 55 games his rookie year. Well, you know, it's because the J-Dub first did. signs of a problem, they, they shut him down. They didn't yeah. wait until, you know. J-Dub got 75 games, but I want to say the first, like, what, 20-something games, it was limited minutes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he earned his starting position, but it wasn't balls to the wall in the start of the season for J-Dub. You know, he was he was brought into it. Um, that's that's how I should, should any rookie should come into the league is is take your time to play goal fifty games, you know, and that's why I look at Chet. My goal for Chet is to play fifty games. If he's able to play more than fifty games, hell yeah. If he doesn't make it past fifty games because he's starting to get worn down, then I hope they pull the plug on him. Like I know they will, you know. Like I hope they do the same thing with Victor. I hope they do the same thing with any of these other young players that are coming in. You know, Usman Jang. Like I, I just the other uh, uh, going through um, injury list with France. Usman Jang hurt his back. Is not going to be uh, practicing with uh, France right now. Like these are the things really? that happen, man. Like it's inevitable. You know, you, you heard about um, Bronny James um, with the uh, heart, um, heart, not heart attack, um, cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest, man. Which, as far Bronny as I know, James, the heart cardiac arrest. He's out of the ICU right now. But my point is, is that these things happen, guys. You know, like injuries, freak injuries happen all the time. So like for me, I want to see players, especially rookies, as they're working on their body, play 50 games, man. See what you can do in 50 games. You know, like if you're under 20 years old still, I hope you get another 50 games next season. You know, I I, I hate to see hate What's to up, see young players hurt, get hurt. So so loving. Yeah, I hate seeing them get hurt. I think one of the things we heard about J-Dub last year was that as the season went on, um, he got better. Yeah. And it was like he gained momentum. Um, and Coach Degnaught was like, that's not normal. But I think one of the reasons that's that was capable, he was capable of doing that was, like the you ease. said, they had him on a plan early. And that slow, gave him an opportunity slow. to grow into that role. So, and he already had an NBA-ready body. So the guys that don't, it's so important you stick to that plan. It's, you know, 
a lot of people say, at what point do you pull the plug on um, development, right? And you go for comp- um, competitive playing. And this is why it's so important that you never give up on development is because, you know, it's inevitable that you're going to have players get injured. If you're able to fill those players in with the player, the next um, next player up mentality, you know, it makes things a lot easier. It's, it's transitioning. It's like, okay, Chet's going to be out for 10 games or Shea's going to be out for 10 games. Okay, well, we're going to lean on J-Dub for scoring. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Well, now, instead of us going two and eight in the 10 games, we're going to go like six and four. You know, we're still going to be able to hold our heads above water, insert Shea back, um, Shea back in, insert J-Dub back in, insert Chet back in, and we're, we're good to go. We'll win 80% of our games again. And I think that's just the, the, the reality of, of what this team is capable of doing, that we're all sitting here saying, you know, is this, is this really what this team can do? And I, and I think, I think when, when people sit here and say, like, I hope the Thunder go for it this year in trade, you know, Lovin, it's the gamble. Um, I, I, I have to say it's exciting to me, that idea of a gamble that we could roll the dice and see what happens. Um, I don't think we would do that for a player that we would have for less than two or three years. I'd say three years probably, just because we would want that gamble to be able to spread out as long as possible. Because if that gamble didn't work, we'd still could get assets in return for that gamble. So I think that's the thing that we have to sit back and just relax and, and, and see what happens. Because any idea that I could come up with that I think that would be best for the Thunder, it's just not going to be equivalent to what is actually right. What's up, Brian? What's up, buddy? So, yeah, dude, I think the biggest concern we all should have would be that you add somebody that messes up the chemistry in the locker room. Like, there's a mentality about, like, oh, could this player or that player throw off the development? Like, I don't really see that happening. Um, I think we get the right fit. That's not really a problem. But the chemistry in the locker room. Sam Presley talks about it, bro. Yeah. I mean, he talks about building a team. He talks about having the right players, the right uh, maturity level on all these players. It's important. If you do it right and you're able, he's not going to go out and get a guy that has a shitty ass attitude for the locker room. He's not right. going to bring James Harden. He's not going to bring in these guys that, you know, like, I'm sorry. He's going to bring in good quality, you know, human beings to lead that locker room is because it's, it's not just your, your, your multi-billion dollar brand. You know, we don't want a situation on our hands where we're saying, well, you know, Morant and, you know, DB are having issues, right? So we got to pick one or the other. Like, no, man, that's not how we roll. You know, like this Thunder team is all about being a team. We're together. You know, we bleed blue. I mean, that's what we do. That's it, baby. Yo, I'm um, in the process of moving places today, so... We better call it early, dude, and we will get back at it, hopefully, from a new place tomorrow for me. All right, guys. Catch you tomorrow. Catch you then.